0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrode here with my co-host, Emily Friedner, and we're very excited to welcome our guest tonight, Courtney Mesmer. She's an event planner, president of the DC Metro Celiac Organization, and a total gluten-free guru, and we're very excited to talk to her tonight about planning a holiday celebration gluten-free
1: style. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Vanessa. Uh, Great to, um, to be here with you guys tonight. So let's start out,
0: Emily, let's just talk a little bit about our holiday celebrations. We just came off of Thanksgiving. and We're going into Hanukkah and Christmas. What does your family do?
2: So actually this year we're a bit all over the place, um, since getting married. Now we have to kind of share the holidays, which I'm not used to because I always used to go home and be with my family and my mom is gluten free. So that was very easy to navigate. So this year, um, we actually did two Thanksgivings, one with my family and one with my husband's family. And we're also going to do two Christmases the same way. So <laughs> lots That's of lot family of time, yeah, lots of food, lots of meal organization and everything. Um, but I'm excited. And I, I know we want to talk a little bit about how we kind of approach attending meals at a different family member or friend's house. So for me anyway, you know, my, like I said, my family is, is really good about it because my mom is also gluten-free. And at this point, my husband's family is very aware of, you know, that I need to eat gluten-free, but of course not everyone cooks gluten-free all the time. So that can take a little bit of extra planning and, and making sure that, you know, we've all kind of talked about the menu. Um, For Thanksgiving, I kind of made the things that I knew that I would want to make sure we're gluten free, like the stuffing. And um, I made a couple of pies to bring over to his family's house so that, you know, there were other guests there that are not gluten free. So I knew that there would be, you know, pies that had gluten and and probably another version of stuffing and things. But I just made the things that I knew that I would want to make sure they were safe because Thanksgiving to me is not Thanksgiving without stuffing. So... (laughs) That's wanted sure. to, to really mm-hmm. make sure that that was gluten free so and of course there are things that you know I had to be flexible about um like my stepmother was making the um gravy and at the very last minute even though we had all talked about it she put a teaspoon of flour in it and then immediately was like oh, no. oh my god what did I do <laughs> and so you know you just have to be flexible and I was like don't worry about it she felt so bad but um you know, sometimes you just have to kind of keep an eye on things and and make sure that it's all going smoothly in the kitchen. <laughs> it's a good thing she caught it. Yeah, she. I actually saw her do it, and I was like, "Oh no!" no. <laughs> so it was too late. So, but uh, that's okay because I had had a whole bunch of gravy the weekend before. So, in this case, for me, it, it wasn't too big of a deal. But definitely have to watch out for those things. And sometimes it's hard because. You know, for me it, it was local so I was able to cook my own food at home and bring it over. But sometimes when you're traveling it's hard if you're going long distances, you're cooking in someone else's kitchen, which, you know, then you'd have to kind of make sure to, to wash everything and make sure that their kitchen was set up in a way that would be safe for you to cook your own food. So that can kind of add a different layer to things as That's well. That's
0: exactly what happened
2: me this Thanksgiving mm. I
0: we had two Thanksgivings as well the one at my house was completely gluten free but the one at my in-laws um, my sister-in-law's house was not so I um, I traveled up to Boston with a gigantic duffel bag that had all of my gluten-free specialty <laughs> items I was so concerned that we wouldn't be able to find them in Boston even though Boston I'm sure had everything did um, you have to check so had, the bag <laughs> well we drove up so um, oh you drove okay. I just okay. up the back seat of the car in between the kids car seats But, you know, I took my own gluten-free graham crackers to make the pie crust. I took – I made an Oreo cheesecake, so I took um, two big packages of um, gluten-free Oreos. I even took my own, like, sweetened condensed milk. I took bagels for breakfast, muffins. I took everything with me just so that we would have it there. Um, And and just like Emily did, I made uh, gluten-free stuffing. I made two desserts. Uh, I made gravy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually – my in-laws typically buy their gravy and my mother-in-law was so sweet this year. She actually, uh, she called to make sure the place she bought it from uh, could make it gluten-free and Mm -hmm. not only did they tell her it, but she was so concerned about it. She actually like went online to double check to make sure that it was, it was definitely Mm gluten-free. But by the time I learned this, I'd already made another pot of gravy, so we had so (laughs) much gravy. It was uh, a little ridiculous, but it was very delicious. Um, But you know, Emily and I have been gluten-free for for many, many, many years, and our families have lots of experience at at having us gluten-free. Courtney, what should somebody who's new, whose family doesn't understand, how do they navigate this holiday thing?
1: I mean I think I think one thing that is really key is when you are, are first diagnosed that you really have to be really open with your family and or friends or if you're going out to eat. Um, you know, a lot of people that they are are scared to tell people or they don't want to, um, you know, make it a big deal, but you know you you kind of really have to, you have to be an advocate for, um, for what, um, you're going to eat because if not, then you're going to get sick from it. And nobody wants to feel that, um, when you are at a, at a guest house or, or planning that. So, you know, I think first thing is it would be, would definitely be talking with if you're hosting it or if, um, a family member or a friend is, and definitely, you know, calling the, the host and explaining about the, um, you know, about your condition and then, um, you know, kind of seeing the the menu that they're planning on serving and is there a way that um, you can modify or, you know, like the two of you did, bring dishes um, that people can, um, you know, that people actually can enjoy as well as well as yourself. So um so I think that that's the first step and then you know sort of like Emily like like you were is, is actually if you have the opportunity to go and you know be in the kitchen and watch and look at the ingredients you know because even though they might not have any intention of putting any wheat or flour, sometimes it just happens by accident. And, you know, you really kind of have to be aware of that. And also explaining to the guests, too, um, a big thing is is that even though it might be gluten-free, is the cross-contamination. So, you know, really being mindful and explaining to people that even if a, you know, spoon goes into the stuffing and then somebody uses that spoon for something else, that is now gluten, you know is is contaminated. So I think um you know just really being open and and honest with um with your guests and um and or if you're hosting and making that um a priority.
2: One thing that I really struggled with early on was feeling like I was imposing on people or kind of not wanting to, like you said, make it a big deal or feel like, you know, I, I hate when people feel bad about something that they did. So, you know, that accident where she put flour in the stuffing or in the gravy, I was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. You know? So I, I know that that can be hard for people that are new as well as just feeling like they're kind of being a burden on people.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely ha- experienced that. And when I was first diagnosed and, you know, realized that, people um you know they they actually they do want to help they do want to you know make it enjoyable for you as well mm-hmm. so you know, I think that, that you, one can't be nervous or scared about, about having it. And, and actually, you know, trying to make it fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, try a new recipe. You know, who knows? Maybe everybody else will like it. Sometimes I always like cooking something and not telling anyone it's gluten-free. And then sometimes when I say it is, they're like, really? This is great. I love doing so, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't it fun?
2: <laughs> it's the best. Actually, at my Thanksgiving when I brought, um, I made, like, three pounds of gluten-free stuffing just because I knew I didn't even think that many people were going to eat it but I just I wanted to have leftovers for myself and I ended up making way too much but that they um had made another um stuffing with you know gluten bread and and everyone actually liked mine better and it was almost gone by the end of the night everyone was, <laughs> I was like what did you happened? put in this and I was like gluten-free bread <laughs> But they loved it, and everyone was, like, asking me for the recipe. So that always feels nice. Mm -hmm. I think we should put our
0: stuffing recipes in the show notes, Emily. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) So now, one of the things that I've always struggled with when I host a meal and people ask about bringing things and they want to bring something that may not be gluten-free, what advice do you have, Courtney, for people navigating that conversation without offending someone?
1: Um, you know, I think that that's a really great question, and I think that there, there's a couple different ways of, um, you know, of, of going about it is either if the, if the person is, is really set on, on bringing that specific meal is maybe, um, you know, kind of coaching them of, of how they can make it gluten-free. Um, there's a number of places and, and different ingredients, so really kind of spelling out what ingredients um, are, are in there and that they should get Um, or another thing is that if they're really dead dead set on making that is maybe, you know, making it together. Um, Maybe she can come over a little bit early and bring the the ingredients and then you can make it together to kind of feel safe or that, um, you know, that you can also just kind of politely uh, ask her to bring, bring something else. Um, You know, maybe that that's not really what's going on with, with a meal and also kind of explaining that maybe that you're a little bit uncomfortable, Um, you know, that, and that it would be great that in, if they could bring something else to the meal, um, you know, just because you want everybody to have an enjoyable time. I typically just say, oh, you know what, don't worry about it. I've got the meal covered,
0: and you know what, Why don't you just bring wine. <laughs> bring you know wine. that's also
1: a great, a great, a great thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go with wine. No. Nope, not at all. <laughs>
0: um, so what about Travel. So I know that a lot of us travel for the holidays and getting through airports and train stations can be very stressful if you're trying to find
1: food. Uh what have you found when traveling uh for gluten-free diets? Um I mean I think I think one of the the key things that that I have learned over the years is that um is is plan and basically bring a lot of snacks <laughs> because um you know, definitely there are there are a lot more better better gluten free options, and you can always go into now kind of a, a convenience store or a Seven Eleven or even like in the airports that they have the um, you know the, the different shops and they have a lot of gluten free options. But um, you know, I always say you know plan for the worst, and and I am known as a snack girl, and I always have snacks in my bag um, with like a, a bar or something like that. So so definitely. Um, you know, looking looking through that, and then not being afraid to talk to one of the um, you know the employees and and asking them if you know how it's made um, is you know is this gluten free? And and honestly, the you know the best thing is that if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. And and definitely um, you know eat the bar that that you packed or or something else.
0: That's really good advice. And so, as you were talking about, you know, like bringing a lot of stuff with you it reminded me so my my son who's three was just diagnosed with celiac disease and you know it was the first holiday experience that we've had where he also had to be gluten-free and he couldn't just run around with his cousins and eat the same snack foods that that they eat and I really had to watch him at every single second so that he didn't just grab one of their pretzels and put it in their mouths or you know the chocolate covered um pretzels and, and eat them um so it was really you know different experience for me as a mom having to watch him so closely but what I what I did find is that almost every one of the kids snacks that contains gluten there's now a gluten-free alternative even the you know chocolate Mm -hmm. and yogurt covered pretzels there's there's all of that stuff and even some really cool holiday themed um, gluten-free snacks so um, definitely check that out too in the kids sections of grocery stores and the snack aisles there's lots of cool things for kids.
2: I also think just about thinking about flying. I think sometimes because things are so restrictive now that you can bring on the plane with you, people think that you can't bring any food because you can't bring any liquids. And that's actually not true. You can bring, you know, if you wanted to make something for yourself ahead of time just to eat on the plane, you can bring it with you. So I think that's also worth checking out, like the kind of the rules on the airport that you're going to and just familiarizing yourself with what is and isn't okay to fly with because often you could, you know, make a lunch or something for yourself and bring it on the flight with you.
1: Yeah. And Did I always,
2: I actually, luckily I was just a travel. short drive away.
1: <laughs> that's good. I actually fly a lot and um, you know, I've never had an issue uh through security or anything like that with any of the food that I have in my bag. So mm-hmm. that's great.
0: So now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of our favorite things for the holidays. So gluten-free diets are all about the food. So what are some of the cookbooks that you got that you girls like to uh, to use the most often?
1: So one of the ones, um, you know, one of my favorites that I've always liked and have found good recipes from is is Hungry Girl. (laughs) Um, And they actually have a lot of um, recipes that are gluten-free and clean eating, and, um, you know, they're um, they're actually just quick and easy to make. So that's kind of one of my go-tos, both online and on paper um, for that one.
2: Um, I actually love that this is also a blog, but it's called Green Kitchen Stories. Um, and they're awesome. They make really, really healthy recipes, and they always kind of note what can be what's gluten free and what can be made gluten free. And their recipes are really easy to substitute with different flours and things. So I really like um, checking them out for baking recipes and things like that. Those are both really good
0: ones. So a couple of
2: my favorites,
0: one of my go-to cookbooks is the Lagasse Girls, Big Flavor, Bowl, Taste, Mm -hmm. No Gluten. Yep. (laughs) That's, like, one of my absolute favorites. Uh, The first recipe that I cooked out of that cookbook was um, on Christmas morning, and it was the baked French toast. And it's still Mm -hmm. one of our family's favorite recipes, and I make it all the time. And it's so easy because you can make it the night before and put it in the fridge and then just bake it first thing in the morning. So that's one of my favorites.
2: And then you just put it – You put sorry, do you put the – toast and eggs the night before and then you just throw it in the oven or how does that yeah so I do
0: the chop up the bread and uh you like whisk whisk together the eggs and the milk and sugar and cinnamon and just pour it all on it and I actually like it better when I make it the night before because then the bread can soak in all the flavor Mm -hmm. um and then in the morning I just make I I've already assembled the crumble topping but I just put the topping on it and then bake it
2: that sounds delicious. I'm going to have to try that. I don't know. like, I'm going to have it's to try amazing. that. <laughs> yeah. it's,
0: it's sort of like bread pudding. It's so good.
2: Yeah.
0: And then the other book that I really like is Nosh on This. And it was the first really Jewish cookbook that I bought. I would always just made things that were my grandma's and my great-grandma's old recipes. But this is a really, really cool book, and I have some great recipes for uh, – Rugula, different flavors of rugula, kugel, the, the jelly donuts that we eat um, during Hanukkah. And so I really, really like that book. Uh, mm. And then one other one that I really like. Sorry, I have a lot of cookbooks that I like. I have shelves and shelves of cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I got this year is called Celebrations by Danielle Walker. And it breaks down different types of celebrations that you might have throughout the year. And even though I don't think it was intentional that there were sort of flavor themes, Um, one of my favorite things about this book are the the lavender recipes. So Mm. there's a recipe for lavender, rosemary, leg of lamb, and I always like to make it with the lavender lemonade.
2: So there's some really nice recipes in that book, That sounds so fancy. I know.
0: You know <laughs> some of the recipes in the book are definitely fancy But there's cute ones for kids' birthday parties And picnics and 4th of July celebrations so That's one that I really like year-round
2: That also sounds like a crowd pleaser Like one of those dishes that no one would know Is gluten-free necessarily Exactly mm.
0: So besides cookbooks uh, You mentioned um, a blog But what are some of your other favorite Go-to online
2: resources for recipes? I love this website called Paste Spotting, and it's sort of like a, it's it's almost like Pinterest for a recipe. If you just wanted recipes, and you can type in, um, there's a search bar, and you can type in gluten free, and it will return a bunch of recipes. And I like it because I just like looking through the pictures of all the recipes and deciding what looks good. Um, so I use that like <laughs> at least once a week to decide what kind mm-hmm. of dinners to make and everything. And it's a really good way to try something new because something will just kind of catch your eye as opposed to kind of going out and trying to have something in mind that you're searching for. So that's a really good one.
1: And I, I agree with um, with that. I, I use Pinterest a lot, um, you know, to kind of like have inspiration. And then um, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit of a health nut. So I always try to find, um, you know, good sites that I, that I trust that kind of hack recipes. And so one that I've been following a lot is uh, it's called Fat Loss Scoobies. And they're, oh. you know, made on good food, um, you know, like healthy. And then basically all of their recipes are gluten-free. So they have a lot of baked goods <laughs> and, um, you know, just regular meals and stuff like that. And, and it's kind of quick and easy, um, but I've, I've never had a really bad recipe from there. So I would definitely check it out.
2: Hmm.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah.
0: So one of my recent favorite website and I just discovered a site too long ago. It's called Love and Lemons. Oh and I love I that a, one too. It's mm-hmm. so delicious and so fresh. I I think probably once in my life I had a grilled cheese sandwich at a restaurant that had apple on it. But this, this website, so the reason that I went to it was that there was an Apple Sage grilled cheese sandwich that, that was posted on gluten free bread. And so that was like what got me there originally But what I love about it is that everything is just so fresh and bright and delicious. And I love the use of citrus in almost everything. Mm -hmm. It just is, it's an ingredient that's so versatile and you can use in so many different ways and, and in place of salt. So Mm. I appreciate that.
2: Hmm. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Um,
0: so now we're talking about the holidays. So how could we not talk about giving gifts? So besides <laughs> these amazing cookbooks that we've talked about that could be great gifts, what are some things that you guys like to give that are foodie gifts?
2: Well, I love giving, like, if it's a gluten-free, to someone gluten-free, I like um, like cookies or baked goods in a jar where you kind of put all the dry ingredients together that are necessary for a recipe in, like, a big mason jar, and then you can gift that, and all the person has to do is add the wet ingredients, like butter and and eggs. Um, So that's kind of a fun way to to, um, give something kind of homemade that you can kind of get a little more unique with the the spices and everything and um, give someone something that they can make at home. Um, I also, my family is really big on making, like, chocolate bark so I like to um, do that once a year where you kind of melt chocolate and put, like, delicious nuts and cranberries and things like that. And you can get really creative with the different flavors and then put it in, like, a really pretty box or something like that to, to present to someone. So we're big on um, edible gifts in my family, if you couldn't tell. <laughs>
1: How
2: about you, Courtney.
1: Um, I always like really giving kind of like, um, you know, specialized like salts or spices or or things like that because sometimes those are like a treat that you normally wouldn't buy for yourself. Um, And, you know, it can really just kind of enhance for cooking and kind of make cooking, you know, kind of exciting and fun um, for people. So that's normally sort of my my go-to for for some foodie gifts for some of my uh, gluten-free friends. That's a really good idea. Those, I would love really like good that.
0: Ideas. <laughs> and that's true because I would never buy that for myself, but I've given it yeah. to other people.
2: Hmm. Especially that's like, like a a avocado point. oil or something that's like a little more expensive yep. that you wouldn't really buy yep. regularly. Absolutely. And there's
1: so many there's so many things now, especially like with a lot of these recipes and stuff that call for like sort of like this. You know, just like a, a little bit like nicer sea salt or like Himalayan salt and like and stuff and that's I, you know, it's just it's just fun.
0: That That's great great. So a couple things that I was given recently that I thought were really cool gifts. One was a gift basket after my son was born um, in the spring mm-hmm. from Cookies by Design, and they make all of, of these different types of gluten-free cookie gift baskets. And they can be just, you know, sort of normal traditional type cookies or like beautifully decorated cookies. And the ones that I got were all like they were shaped like babies or rattles or bottles, <laughs> and they was just really, really, really cute. And they have lots of different holiday-themed uh, cookie gift baskets. So. You should definitely check those out. Also, I've gotten uh, gift certificates to bakeries that offer gluten-free baked goods, and I thought mm-hmm. that was really thoughtful. You know, for someone who, creative, yeah. who didn't want to have to make it for me, they just got me a certificate so that I could go pick something out that that I would enjoy.
1: Um, and just a couple other um, one things. One of the. Go ahead. Sorry, Vanessa. The, um one of the other things uh that that I just thought of too is that um, you know, what's really big in like events and kind of stuff like that is, is popcorn. So there's a lot of artesian popcorn, um, you know, kind of pop up shops that are coming out and stuff like that that um that are gluten free. So that's always a, a fun gift too, um for, for different people.
2: And you can package it really nicely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big around the holidays. I feel like my parents sometimes get um, big tins of popcorn that are, like, three different flavors and like, a large kind of festive tin. Um, so, that yeah, that's an actually a really good idea. Uh, and one other thing that actually
0: Ellen Wilcox from the Children's National Celiac Board, a couple years ago she gave me a, a basket of gluten-free pretzels that she dipped in different colored uh, melting chocolates. And it was mm. the prettiest gift that I've ever gotten. And so last year and this year as well, my son and I are making them together. And it's something that he could really easily help with and that he really enjoys doing. So we're going to do an assortment of different shades of blue tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, you can get fancy with it. You can, you know, dip them in the chocolates and then sprinkle like the crystals on them and you know, make them real fancy. Or they can just, you know, be dipped in the chocolate. But it's a fun and easy gift to make for people, too. And delicious. It sounds awesome.
1: And, and I think we can just
0: oh. It. oh, no, no go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so the last one that I want to mention, and I just stumbled upon last week, is Williams Sonoma now has an entire line of gluten free baking mixes and like really, really cool mixes. They're not just your traditional, you know, bread mix or a pie crust, but things like. Um, donut mixes and uh, like pumpkin pecan, quick breads. Um, There's a chocolate pumpkin one, um, key lime breads and all sorts of cookies and really creative mixes that you can make and really specialized butters that go with them. And so it it could be really nice to get somebody one of those mixes with a butter
2: um, and a cooking utensil. That's so cool because you wouldn't think about shopping at a place like that for like, Baking products, but I think weren't they the first place to carry that cup for cup flour? Mm-hmm. Yep, remember that? Yeah, that's so cool.
1: And I've actually tested a, a lot of their um, their stuff as well, and um, and it, it it's fabulous. It's really good.
2: So mm. check that out.
0: So, Courtney, you were going to say one other thing before I asked. Oh, I was going to say, um,
1: no, sorry, the one other thing that I was saying, you know, it can be as simple as, you know, gluten-free cookies um, and making them for your friends because sometimes, you know, people do miss out on those. So, you know, that's always kind of like a thoughtful gift, too, is just, you know, making cookies that are gluten-free and giving them so that they're not left out.
0: Well, Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight and share such great advice on navigating the holidays. Um, We hope that everybody learned a lot and can plan ahead now for a delicious holiday season. And before we sign off tonight, we just want to say a huge thank you to our partner in this podcast, the Walter and Jean Boak Foundation. Thanks a lot. Have a good night, everyone. You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.